0: And welcome to Sign of the Crime. This is
1: Remy Ramirez. This is Q McGrath.
0: And um, we're, we're just reporting to you live from dystopia, from the patriarchal dystopia that is the fucking United States of America. We just were saying that we don't have words for what happened yesterday. We're recording the day after the um, awful, heart unimaginable. I mean, it's not unimaginable. It's yeah. imaginable
1: at this point. It's very imaginable. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah, we don't have to imagine, but but yeah, the Uvalde um, school shooting. And this is kind of I, actually, like I know a lot of podcasts that are kind of entertainment podcasts try to like keep it light or whatever. And that's great. I have no problem with that. And for me, I know, like I also have a mental health podcast, so I'm really interested in mental health. And I just think like, It's important to acknowledge this shit, you know, and it helps me feel less alone when people do. So if you're feeling like this country is broken, Broken.
1: that's how I feel broken. Yeah.
0: If you feel that way, then, um, you're not alone. You're not alone.
1: So, uh, yesterday was Tuesday, which is my cry day. All right. You have cry day on Tuesday. Yeah. And, uh, I heard about it as I was driving and, you know, normally when I cry, I feel better. That's why I do it. What's the point? Otherwise. Right. Um, yeah, I'm a get Capricorn. Everything's got a purpose, you know. <laughs> right. And I did not, I did not feel better. No. Um, it just kept coming. I actually had to park kind of far away and and just wait until I could like, you know, not be a sniveling mess to walk into Trader Joe's. Cause like, you know, I mean, I was like, are we all gonna be like this? But no, the world kept going because that's what the world does. And it was, you know, just me. <laughs> just me being like, what the fuck? When, um, when Sandy Hook happened, I was pregnant with Olivia Oof. and yeah. And I remember, and Aaron was with me and we were both Aaron, just, Aaron is your friend. Aaron so is my know. BFF for all time. Um, one of my favorite people, top five, top three favorite people. We love Aaron. We love Aaron. She's the best. And we were together Uh, staring at the television and at one point, and I was, you know, I mean, I wasn't thinking. And at one point, Erin looked at me and she was like, look, and I had my hands on my uterus (laughs) on my bulging uterus. You know, I basically, I was just protecting the child that I hadn't even given birth to yet Uh, because it was, you know, I was terrified in that moment. I was terrified to send Olivia to school today. Yeah. We don't live in Texas. We don't live anywhere near Texas, yeah, but, but you know. it doesn't matter. You know, yeah. it's the reason my just freshly turned nine-year-old has a phone because if I, you know, I would love to see yellow tape, try and keep me out. If my, if my kid called me and said, there's a problem at the school, you couldn't stop me. And, yeah. you know, and that's the reason she has that because if there was anything, I'd be there in seconds and it's so fucking scary. I'm sending, you know, Jude's gonna go into kindergarten next year. I'm dropping them both off into the public school system next year and i uh the parents i I can't it's no that's the only part I can't imagine because I won't allow myself to because I'd never come back from that yeah um and that was too devastating oh God, um, I was reading a story about one of the parents from Sandy Hook who did an open burial, did an open casket when she buried her son because she wanted the world to see what had been mm. done to him. Oh my God. And you can read an article about it. There's there's an article about the open casket. And I'm not going to read because they she described what his injuries were. Yeah. And we get pretty graphic, but I'm not going to do that here because it was a little almost more than I could take. Um and but you know, but the, what they're saying is it, they're not saying it, it's true that they're having to identify the children with DNA. With DNA. Because and I was like, what? And it really didn't make sense to me in that moment. Like my brain couldn't process that. And then I I started looking up information on the gun that was used and it it's so devastating that they're not recognizable. And I lost it. And then I cried on a Wednesday. Oh, you cried on a Wednesday. I cried on a Wednesday. I cried this morning and I hate that
0: unscheduled
1: Mm. cry time. Um, but you know, I, there are no thoughts and prayers it just doesn't like uh,
0: the NRA, fuck the NRA, fuck the NRA. I just, sorry, but like, you know, I'm not, no, I'm not sorry at all. This is an engine
1: of,
0: of terror. Get the fuck out of my country. I'm, I can't believe this is still happening. When you look at the number of mass shootings in this country compared to any other fucking country in the world
1: oh it's not even close
0: (laughs) no it's it's not even close and it's because other countries are like oh shit (laughs) we we actually care about our people we we don't put profits and politics oh i mean i don't know that's not i can't make that wide swath of a statement But if you look at Australia, man, they had one mass shooting and they were like, there's a,
1: yeah, there's a bunch of these countries. And I think it's fair to say there are countries that have, I think there's one country, I think it's Brazil that has more mass shootings per year than we do. And then if you go per capita, there are a few other that are higher, but none of them are what we would put in like, the us like we consider ourselves a first world country we consider yeah. ourselves that that's are hilarious we? Yeah, are we though are we- i don't know uh starting to feel a little thirdish. maybe second you know like i i'm just saying as someone who paid like 10 grand to give birth to a kid starting to feel a little not firsty to me but um but yeah we we are one of the we are the only country uh that regards ourselves in that way that um that is just like eh, guns you know i mean it's apple pie, guns, and and well, Paul Bunyan. Like, there's that Candace, American
0: Candace, Bootstraps. whatever, whatever the Candace, whatever her name is. Owens, name. Candace Owens. Yeah, no, 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 K A N D I S S. I'm sorry. Oh, I don't know who that is. She's, uh, she's this like she's running and. Alabama or Georgia, I think. And her slogan is oh, like, no. Oh no, I guns, saw her something and Jesus guns. And I'm just like, how do you put guns and Jesus in the same fucking
1: sentence? No, I saw her. Was she the one who was like, She's the uh, one I posted the other day who, uh, that yeah, the one that what, you posted that shit where she was, like, <laughs> she was like, we came here and we took it from the Native Americans. And I was like, uh, she was like, she was what? like
0: and the First Amendment right to worship Jesus. I was like, uh, that's why we that's you. why we
1: took all this shit from the Native Americans. I'm like, yeah. I'm not sure that's exactly how that went down. And also yeah. Native Americans she, are still pretty pissed. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Yeah, she was about like that. the
0: sacrifice that they made so that we could worship. I was like the sacrifice of the-
1: I'm sorry. They didn't sacrifice that. We took it. That's, yeah. uh, that's also, a genocide. It's a little different.
0: Also, the First Amendment doesn't say anything about Jesus. Not I even a
1: little bit. In fact, I'm fairly certain separation of church and state is pretty high up on the list of things we're supposed to venerate, but okay.
0: I, I was like, guess what? People can worship whoever the fuck they want. It's not about Jesus. You know,
1: and I was ready to get on here today and we were going to talk about Roe v. Wade. That's what I was ready to talk about today. Yeah. Um, I had a whole list. And it's not that Ruby Wade isn't important and what they're trying to do to fuck women's and women's autonomy and women's bodies isn't important, but, uh, but I just, I, I, and I shouldn't be surprised because after Sandy Hook, you know, I literally saw someone online being like, well, at least it wasn't kindergartners again. And I was like, oh my God, I, uh, I don't know what to say about that. And your lack of like basic human decency, but now you're blocked like forever. Don't stop talking, stop saying words. Yeah, but that was someone you knew? Yes, someone on Facebook that I fucking knew. (laughs) And if you know me, like I don't like I don't take like I'm not one of those people that collects Facebook friends. If I don't know you and like you. I don't yeah. want you on my phone. You have page. like three Facebook. I, well, yeah, I let, no, Let's be fair. I have like 130, but it's like, I know them. I can tell you exactly where I met this person. And I yeah. at least, you know, I mean, that's, that's my rule. I don't just take people. I'm like, oh, I knew you in high school and click. No, absolutely not. In fact, if I knew you in high school, probably not. But like, I, I was just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? You said that shit. To, like you wrote it down. Now it's on the internet forever and i mean i wasn't the only person everyone was up there being like you're a sack of shit and you should die but i was just like okay click unfriend no go away block die i don't want to deal with you forever but i couldn't i'm just like this is the reasoning we're going with now well they're fourth graders the third third and fourth graders olivia's age by the way It's Olivia's yeah. age. yeah third and fourth graders so you know they knew what they were getting themselves into like right. I, what right <laughs> <laughs> well and i also do want to
0: say like this News on top of Roe v. Wade—it's—it's it's unbearable for me. I mean, like the I'm irony spending... also, right?
1: The irony is yeah. palpable. Yeah. You fuck nuggets.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, we don't have strong opinions around here. Nope. <laughs> We're pretty blasé about all this stuff. And when we do, we keep quiet about them.
1: Yes, <laughs> I am. <laughs> The ideal conservative woman. <laughs> yeah, we're very docile. And I'll just be here baking. Yeah, <laughs> I do like to bake. But you actually, love. Baking. <laughs> I love baking. <laughs> it's true. I make an excellent apple pie. No one yeah. around here will tell you differently. Oh my god! But I will tell you to fuck off if you tell me that I have to. So there's that. Yeah. So. So there's that.
0: All right. So should we get into this now? Let's talk about Aaron
1: Hernandez broken out of their their organized cry time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, speaking of tragedy. Uh, I'm going to tell you some tragic shit. I hope you're prepared. Okay. I'm ready. Go for it. Yeah. This one's interesting. I'm interested to see what his chart says. I'm always interested to see what their chart says, but this one in particular. So he was born in Bristol, Connecticut on November 6th, 1989. So he's a Scorpio son, -hmm. Um, the son of Dennis Hernandez, who was Puerto Rican and Terry Valentine, who was Italian. Uh, (laughs) So that's, I'm just looking at that. And I was like, okay, so genetically he had a bad temper. <laughs> like, well,
0: I've met Puerto- plenty of Puerto Ricans hey, and funny Italians. Let me say, I lived in Puerto Rico for a year and they were the happiest. I mean, but when they got also, mad, I'm trying to think if I saw any Puerto Ricans get mad. I'm Mexican. I know what that temper's like. I mean, I will just say, I was like, man, these people are so fucking kind. Like,
1: what type not like, but I, I don't think that has anything to do with kindness. Like, you can be incredibly kind and have a terrible temper. Well, that's true. living proof of that. Okay. <laughs> you're right
0: you're right but they were they were much nicer than you are <laughs>
1: <laughs> well they lived on a fucking beach yeah, probably that's be
0: a nicer if i lived at the that's, beach too there was no winter it was just like beautiful all the time one time my car broke down on the side of the road and i'm telling you 10 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 <laughs> Men came out and tried to fix my cart, and they were not hitting on me. They were not weird or gross. They were so nice. They were like, "Esta niña con con el carro," you know. They were they were just like the best. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Thank Did you, you
1: see that great tweet where woman was like? Once when I was with my mom, we had a, a, a tire pop and we were struggling to change a flat on the side of the road and a group of men pulled over, not to help us, but to ask us where the golf, car, golf course was. And she sent them <laughs> 15 miles in the opposite direction. <laughs> she is my hero. <laughs> was like, that is good news. Uh, we love we love to see it. Okay. All go. right. Um, so Dennis and Terry had what could euphemistically be called a troubled union. Uh, that according to the Netflix documentary about this, which I think is called Inside the Mind of Aaron Hernandez, pretty sure that's it. It devolved into domestic violence. And as an adult, Hernandez recalled his mom throwing his dad out of the house on multiple occasions, but she always took him back. Cue the country song. Uh, The couple married in 86, they divorced in 91, and then they remarried in 96. So an actual country song. Uh, In 91, they filed- (laughs) Is that a country song? I mean, the whole idea of like getting divorced and then getting married and divorced and then remarried. I feel like that's a theme in a lot of country songs. Okay, sure.
0: I don't know. You should know, Remy. You're the one that had the country. I I had a country phrase when I was 14. Actually, and as a two-stepper, as an avid two-stepper, I will say I am very
1: picky about the country that I like, but there is really good country. Okay, well, you were less picky when you were 14 because I remember listening to some absolute shit. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie about that. That's true. Oh, that reminds me, speaking of absolute shit, when I was in Whole Foods yesterday, they were playing Amy Grant CD from
0: <gasps> Oh my God, I told Sarah that story yesterday. I was like, Okay, wait, we have to 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 tell this story. God, sorry, everybody. What when when we were kids, Quintana was <laughs> really fucking into amy grant really? who is that was that christian fucking singer okay who, but she had a pop album so give me some credit
1: i wasn't right, into with, the christian songs
0: yeah but she had that that bullshit like baby baby <laughs> i'm taken with, with the, the notion. no oh you know it i know you know it oh yeah i remember that song you know. because you played it all the time and so i hid quintana's cd in a bucket she Scratched it. what
1: she means to it, say is she fucking scratched it Kitana was so pissed and I would, because you wouldn't stop playing in it. It was bad. I was like, this music (laughs) is bad. I'm sorry. This coming from the person that I had to listen to fucking achy, breaky heart type shit for like a year. How dare you? I never (laughs) listened to achy, breaky heart. How dare you? Okay. Anyway, um, our trauma aside. Yeah. (laughs) So in 91, they filed for bankruptcy. So money was an issue, uh, in the home when Aaron was growing up. And unsurprisingly, Hernandez later stated that there was constant fighting in the home. Both parents would be arrested and involved in crime during their lives. And Aaron Hernandez's older brother... What did I write? Oh, okay. Both parents would be arrested and involved in crime during their life and Aaron's life. Okay. Hernandez had an older brother, Dennis Jonathan Jr., known as DJ, and their father pushed both of them to excel, particularly in sports. But you can see it coming, he was often abusive towards the boys and their mother, especially about their ability in sports. So the beatings Hernandez's father inflicted on him and his brother were sometimes for absolutely no reason at all, or they were alcohol related, but most often they occurred when their father believed that they were not giving 100% in school or in athletics. So this is an unfortunate but not unusual family dynamic, particularly in the 1990s, and both brothers lived in constant fear of their father, but at the same time, they also revered him. yeah. Can't relate, but okay. Um, Aaron was seen by his coaches and teachers with bruising believed to have been inflicted by Dennis. And it's established fact that Dennis once punched Aaron's youth football coach over a dispute about coaching methods. Dennis Hernandez was a polar- polarizing figure, violent and abusive, homophobic, That's important. As well as a strict disciplinarian, he expected and often got the best out of his boys. He was well known in his community and was referred to by his friends and family, and I'm not kidding about this, as the king. Hmm. Not for long though, because in January of 2006, when Hernandez was 16, Dennis died from complications from a hernia surgery and that shit that he, it was completely unexpected. It came as a huge blow to his family. He went in for hernia surgery, really normal and died. Oh um, shit. Yeah. That, that it doesn't really happen. According to his mother, Hernandez was heavily affected by his father's death and he acted out his grief by rebelling against authority figures. I feel that one, my dude. Um, those who knew him have universally acknowledged that Dennis's passing marked a change in Aaron, and he never really seemed to get over his father's death. Following his father's death, Hernandez became estranged from his mother and largely moved in with Tanya Singleton, his older cousin. Why, you ask? Let me tell you. After Dennis died, the family learned that Terry Hernandez and Tanya Singleton's husband, Jeff Cummings, had been having an affair. Yeah. Mm. And after the affair became public, instead of apologizing and trying to repair broken relationships, Terry moves Jeff into her house. Mm, Yeah. Like literally a month later. Wow. So yeah. Tanya divorced Jeff's low down, no good cheating ass. And this affair enraged Hernandez, as did his mom's seriously questionable decision to move her boyfriend into her dad's bed before it was even cold. This anger drove him to spend pretty much all his time at his cousin Tanya's house, which despite the fact that she loved him, was probably not the best place for a 16-year-old. Uh, mm. It was while he was living with Singleton that Hernandez became more involved in criminal activity. And as if that wasn't enough, it also came out that Aaron was sexually molested by, as a child by a teenage boy who babysat him. According to DJ Hernandez, Aaron was forced to perform oral sex on the teenage babysitter, and that abuse allegedly began when Hernandez was six and continued for several years. Yeah. Oh my God. Six years old. Yeah. It's not great. Um, so by the time Aaron was a high school senior, shit's getting pretty real in every front of his life. He is an all-star football player in high school, and he won many accolades for his performances on the football field, Uh, although he excelled at every sport he participated in, including track and baseball, he set state records for receiving yards and touchdowns. It was considered a top recruit, a top recruit for the tight end position. And he earned those achievements. He was known to work harder than anyone else in order to outperform his peers. Uh, As is the Norman football. He also sustained some injuries on the football field, including a number of head injuries, put a pin in that. During one game in 2006, Aaron took a blindside hit to the head so hard that he was knocked out cold and he had to be taken off the field in an ambulance. 2006 Mm -hmm. was not Aaron's year. Uh, In the documentary, a good friend recalled Aaron telling him later in his life that once when the friend like casually smacked Aaron's head playfully following a successful football game, that hit had resulted in a concussion. Wait, that resulted in a concussion? My guess is that he had probably gotten knocked around in the game. And when his hair, in, like, have you seen dudes when they yeah, like, they, the yeah, they, they're like, yeah, buddy, you know, and they do the thing where they smack that yeah. probably, yeah, that gave him a concussion. Holy shit. So it's, it, uh, it's really anybody's guess how many concussions this dude sustained in his football career, dating all the way back to high school. Uh, his injuries aside, Aaron had what most people would consider a really successful high school career. He was incredibly popular, very successful in his chosen sport. And he was dating the equally popular and beautiful Cheyenne Jenkins, a friend he'd had since elementary school. In addition, Aaron was allegedly exploring his sexuality with a number of other partners, both men and women. As we've discussed, he, we've managed to rid our society of archaic and outdated concepts like prejudice and homophobia and this, yeah, we, phobia, which oh, we, yeah we don't desired. have that. No, right. Not a problem now. But in 2006, it was alive and well. So, a star football (laughs) player with a super hot girlfriend known for demonstrations of machismo who was raised by a father who was known to drop the F word pretty liberally. And I'm not talking about fuck, most likely did not feel comfortable making outward displays of homosexuality or gayness, gayness or bisexuality. I'm learning. Um, So, the Netflix documentary features a classmate and alleged romantic partner of Aaron who unequivocally lays out his own sexual relationship with Aaron and says definitively that he wasn't the only male partner Aaron had. He made it pretty clear that Aaron had a roster that included men and women. Uh, the man was popular. Uh, furthermore, he detailed the sense of fear and paranoia they both experienced while engaging in these sexual acts because they were afraid they would be caught. They they both had a lot to lose. You know, they're living in a time and place that was not tolerant, much less accepting of gay relationships. So this is when we begin to see some paranoia from Aaron about being caught or outed as a gay or bisexual man. Aaron had always been planning on attending the University of Connecticut, which would have kept him close to home. Bet as fate would have it. fame football coach Urban Meyer from, wait for it, the University of Florida discovered Aaron. Why, why do you he say it like, Because Florida. Okay. Okay. Because Florida. taking this situation <laughs> and adding Florida to it was never going to be good. <laughs> well, also I think they have like a, they I have mean, an excellent football team. And right, I only right. know this because my husband loves football and right. I know, and I only knew the name urban Meyer because I, you know, we had, a, you remember drunk asshole Sunday, my husband posted for gears, what we called, I called drunk asshole Sunday at my house because a whole bunch of dudes came over and screamed at my television about men running around in suits with a ball. I didn't understand it, but it was a thing. So I knew when I saw this, uh, that it was both good and bad. <laughs> right. Okay. Got um, it. Got so, uh, Meyer recruits, Aaron convinces his high school to let him graduate a semester early. And that is how Aaron Hernandez ended up in Gainesville, Florida, right after his 17th birthday. So obviously an angry, possibly closeted bisexual teenager with a developing drug addiction, by the way, he was using drugs. Um, couldn't pick a much worse location than Florida for relocation, but that's what happened. As the Boston Globe ruefully observed, there was no way except physically he was ready for this. The young man who came to Gainesville wasn't academically prepared or emotionally grounded for college life, according to previously undisclosed college records and recordings of phone calls Hernandez later made from jail. Mm. Um, He had graduated high school more than a semester early, not because he was a great student, but because he was a great football player. So the athletic- How does that work? how do you (laughs) think it
0: works? (laughs) They were just like, you know, babe, you don't have to stay in school because you're such a good football
1: player. Well, they were like, clearly you're not going to be a scientist. So, you know, you're smart. You're smart enough. You can drive a car and cash a check. That's what you need to be able to do. And you're, you're big and strong now. So the athletic gifts were obvious. Uh, But behind them, there was an angry teenager struggling with an abusive upbringing, a growing dependence on drugs and questions about his own sexual identity. He was so unprepared academically that he had to attend a local JC, which honestly, I mean, that wasn't a huge red flag. It's not unusual uh, for recruits attending University of Florida, but he was spectacular on the football field. And he started three games as a freshman and he worked for it, putting in 40 to 60 hours a week of training year round. I mean, that's hard. 40 to 60 hours. I've seen football games. That shit looks rough, but he was doing it. He was benched for failing a drug test his freshman year, but he started 11 of 13 games his sophomore year. And by his junior year, he was winning awards as a tight end. He was also, uh, by his own admission, high on marijuana for most of those games. And consequently, Urban Meyer let him know that he needed to try and get picked up by an NFL team because he wouldn't be allowed back for his senior year due to his chronic drug use. You have to remember you have to remember that uh, weed is a big fucking deal until literally like a couple of years ago. And truly this man's life might've been turned out really differently if weed wasn't a big deal. And we'll talk about why later. So he announces that um, he'll be entering the draft in January of 2010. And due to his talents alone, he was expected to be a first round pick. Unfortunately for Hernandez, there were what, there were what they call off field concerns Uh, The NFL thoroughly vets every player, and when they went through Aaron's life with a fine-tooth comb, they found the drug use. They found a bar fight in 2007, where Aaron punched the shit out of a bar owner for demanding that Aaron pay his bill. Oh, Yeah. Uh, all in all, they found what they call a lack of social maturity, which undoubtedly had something to do with being plucked out of high school early and dropped several states away to play a violent sport in a state known for drugs and chaos. <laughs> well,
0: all well, also being
1: abused all of his life doesn't it doesn't really set you mm-hmm. up for success. Mm-hmm. Well, and there have been people who are like, yeah, there are lots of people that that get abused um, that don't do. The things that he did, and don't have the reactions that he had, and I, mm. you know, that's true. But I, I, that's why I think it's important to to take into consideration how young he was and how they literally were like, okay, we want you to come be violent here, just right. here, <laughs> and like, just in this one spot. And then, please be a normal human. Like, and we right. know everything's fucked, and that you're really oh, young. you're
0: saying to compartmentalize that,
1: yeah. violence, right? Okay, yeah. Could, I- could you go attack men on a field? Um, and hurt them, but not too badly, you know, like not that bad. And then, uh, just go and study. That'd be great if you could do that for us. Um, so yeah, that didn't work out. So call me crazy. I feel like that might've played a factor in his lack of maturity, but also lots of football players are able to do that, right? They're able to- You would be surprised uh, how not true that is because what you have, because we're talking about college football and what you have to remember is that for every NFL player, there are 10 college football players who thought they were going to be NFL players who aren't because okay. they just didn't have what it took. And Michael, uh, my husband, uh, played, college, played college ball for one semester before he was like, nope, mm-mm, not, not going to happen. Like mm-hmm. he was like, it's incredibly violent. They encourage it. Um and it, he was he went to college, we're old, so he went to college and what he graduated he graduated in two thousand, so he went to college in the nineties, and you know the drugs were rampant it was okay and i and like there are plenty there are funny plenty, plenty of football players who don't do these things, and then there are plenty of football players who do, but who manage to compartmentalize it, but we are talking about college age dudes, yeah. The- Right. It's a whole totally. different, it's a whole different deal. Not the
0: most evolved not at the that most, point in their life. Not lives. the most
1: evolved. And this guy did have several strikes against him. So, After promising to undergo rigorous drug testing, Aaron is drafted in the fourth round by the New England Patriots with a four-year $2.37 million contract and a $200,000 signing bonus. And he did great. In fact, he did spectacularly well. And he became a standout star in the Patriots at the same time as Rob Gronkowski, known as Gronk, I'm pretty sure, and Tom Brady. He was part of that circle of success. And then he went to the Super Bowl in 2012, where he scored a touchdown, not Not everyone, not every football player gets to do that. That's a big deal. Huge deal. Yeah. You know, things are going really well for Aaron Hernandez on the surface. He was living with and engaged to his high school sweetheart, Cheyenne Jenkins, with whom he had a daughter in 2012. He bought a beautiful 800 8000 8, square foot home in Massachusetts and in August of 2012 he was signed to a 40 million dollar contract with the Patriots that wow. 15.95 million of was guaranteed and a signing bonus yeah and a signing bonus of 12.5 million damn so at the time it was the second largest contract ever given to a tight end so Aaron Hernandez was definitely living the dream but There are issues beneath the surface. There, of course, was that bar fight in 2007, and that was not an isolated incident. There are other incidents of violence that indicated a troubled persona. So there is a double shooting in Gainesville in 2007 where two men were shot, one in the arm and one in the back of the head by what they described as a Hispanic male with a lot of tattoos, and they picked Aaron Hernandez out of a lineup. The police requested Aaron and a couple of his college teammates come down to the station, and while the other teammates cooperated, Aaron lawyered up. We still don't know for sure if he was involved with that crime, but it was eventually decided that the victims had identified him because they'd had words at a club with him earlier that night, so we'll never know. Uh, In 2011, police responded to a fight in front of Hernandez's rented townhouse in Plainsville, Massachusetts. A high school friend had been pulled over earlier in the evening after driving Hernandez home from a Boston bar because the driver was weaving in and out of lanes and traveling at 120 miles per hour in a work zone. On a highway with a speed limit of 55. (laughs) Oh no. So the Massachusetts state trooper who pulled the car over did not arrest the driver because he recognized Hernandez in the passenger seat. The Plainsville police also recognized Hernandez and they told the two to take their fight inside. So then we have the the Boston double homicide in 2012. Hernandez was investigated in connection with a double homicide that took place in July of 2012 near Boston South End, which for those of you who don't know anything about Boston is considered a rough part of Boston. Two immigrants from Cape Verde were killed by gunshots fired into their vehicle. Witnesses testified, yeah. Witnesses testified that Hernandez's silver SUV pulled up next to the victims (gasps) and someone from the car yelled racial slurs. And then someone from the car fired five shots, killing the two people. Police immediately identified Hernandez, who was then playing for the Patriots from a club's security camera footage but they thought it was a coincidence that Hernandez happened to be at the club that evening. And they didn't really follow up, put a pin in that story. We're coming back to it. Um, in 2013, uh, Hernandez was pulled over with his friend and drug dealer, Alexander Bradley on the Southeast expressway after his vehicle was tagged speeding at 105 miles per hour, hot tip. If you are driving around with your drug dealer, don't speed. <laughs> um, according to the state police, he was quote, unquote, wobbly drunk. Hernandez tried to get Bradley out of trouble by saying trooper. I am Aaron Hernandez. It's okay. Oh, no. uh, however, Bradley was still arrested for drunk driving. <laughs> Turns out I, hate, it's still I hate when celebrities do that. I know. Right. Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am?
0: <laughs> I mean, as much as we all like, you know, pretty much love Reese Witherspoon, that, that, that incident, footage, it's bad.
1: Oh, it's so bad. It's Do so bad.
0: Who I am. Yeah, girl.
1: Yeah. You're going to jail. <laughs> and this is embarrassing for you. Yeah. This is not not your best moment. Her husband was with her, right? Totally. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. not good. Who, which one was driving? Do you remember? I can't remember to be on. Are you looking it up right now? Uh, no. Do you want me to? Oh no, I thought you were I thought you no. were looking. No, you don't have to. <laughs> no. Um okay, so like we can do that at the end. Someone so, look it up and tell us. Someone tell us. I don't remember who was driving. Okay, so not long after this incident in February of 2013 Hernandez, Bradley, and several others visited a Florida strip club where they bring up a $10,000 bill. (laughs) Must be nice. Uh, Hernandez began to worry about two men sitting across from them thinking that they were plainclothes Boston police officers because he's still um, paranoid about the double murder in Boston thinking that they're trying to pin it on him, quote unquote. So Bradley later recalled telling Hernandez that they were probably tracking the pair as part of their investigation to the double murder in Boston. But that's not how he put it. He said because of that stupid shit in Boston. Uh, Hernandez did not like that answer. It's possible that it made him suspicious that Bradley was in cahoots with the two men that he was paranoid about as he reached the point where he was paranoid about a lot of stuff. Uh, It's also worth noting that Hernandez and Bradley had a troubled relationship by this time. Uh, Something about the, the details on that are a little bit murky, but it has to do with drug deals. I, he was his drug dealer. The idea that maybe the drugs he was getting weren't great. I don't know. So Bradley claims that on February 13th, 2013, during that same trip, he woke up in a car with Hernandez pon- pointing a gun at his face. The next morning, police found Bradley lying in a parking lot, bleeding from a <gasps> bullet wound between his eyes. Oh my God. Bradley survived, but he lost his right eye. However, what? he, not- he survived that? Yeah. Oh yeah, he did. Um, yeah, (laughs) it's, it's a grace of God type thing. Uh, but he would not initially cooperate with police instead deciding that he'd rather get revenge and put a pin in that it's going to come up again later too. So by 2013, we see that Aaron is in a bit of a tailspin and then we have what became the downfall of Aaron Hernandez, which is the murder of Odin Lloyd. By all accounts, Odin Lloyd was a good man, a semi-professional football player who was dating Cheyenne Jenkins' sister, so he regularly hung out with Aaron Hernandez. On June 16th of 2013, Odin was hanging out with Aaron, and either because he was bragging or because he was worried about his safety, when he left with Aaron that night, he texted his sister and made sure that she knew that he was hanging out with the NFL star. On June 17th, in the early morning hours, Odin Lloyd was shot and killed in an industrial park about a mile from Aaron's house. Investigations show that Lloyd and Hernandez were in contact just 10 hours before his death concerning a bag of marijuana. Furthermore, keys to a car that had been rented by Hernandez were found in Lloyd's pockets. And prosecutors believe Lloyd might have said something to Hernandez that destroyed his trust, giving Hernandez a motive to kill, but they don't have any hard evidence of that. What they do have is bubble gum that was purchased by Hernandez and also found stuck to a gun shell casing found at the scene that was similar to the one that Lloyd was shot with, and the DNA on that gum matched Hernandez's DNA. Mm -hmm. They also find the gum in the rental car that had been used and was under Hernandez's name. The prosecution testified that crime scene investigators were able to find shoe tracks at the crime scene that made the same same impression as shoes worn by Hernandez on that same night, according to surveillance footage. On June 18th, 2013, police searched Hernandez's house in North Attleboro for several hours. The Massachusetts State Police obtained a search warrant after evidence surfaced that Hernandez had intentionally destroyed his home security system, which is not subtle, my guy. Um, Wow. A cell phone belonging to Hernandez was turned over to police in pieces. (laughs) And Hernandez allegedly hired a team of house cleaners the same day that Lloyd's body was discovered. All of that definitely raised some serious suspicion. So, on June 26, 2013, Hernandez is arrested at his home and charged with first degree murder, one count of carrying a firearm without a license, two counts of possessing a large capacity firearm, and two counts of possessing a firearm without a firearm identification card. The first degree murder charge required a mandatory sentence of life in prison without the possibility of parole. Hernandez was held without bail at Bristol County, Massachusetts Jail and House of Correction. On June 27th and 28th, 2013, respectively, Carlos Ortiz and Ernest Wallace, associates of Aaron, were also arrested in connection with Lloyd's death. Ortiz told the police that Hernandez had rented an apartment secretly in Franklin, Massachusetts. As reported by the Associated Press, a subsequent search of that apartment turned up ammunition and clothing that police believe could be evidence in the murder case against him. Ortiz was held on $500,000 bail on, on, on September 27th. Ortiz was indicted on a single count of accessory to murder after the fact in the killing of Lloyd. In addition, Hernandez's fiancee, Cheyenne Jenkins, and his cousin, Tanya Cummings Singleton, were charged as accessories to murder for their, sus- for their suspected involvement in assisting Hernandez after he killed Lloyd. Fun fact, Tanya had breast cancer at the time and refused to testify, so she was held in contempt for months, seriously waylaying her cancer treatment, and she died in 2015. Ooh. On August 22, 2013, Hernandez was indicted by a grand jury for the murder of Odin Lloyd. The trial began in Fall River, Massachusetts in January of 2015, with the prosecution hitting the highlights, the DNA, the fact that uh, Lloyd was with Hernandez, the, the, the bullets, and the fact that Aaron had told Patriots owner Robert Kraft that he couldn't wait for the timeline of the murder to come out because it would show that he was at the club when Lloyd was murdered. According to jury members, this was actually what put the nail in his coffin, A, because it wasn't true, like it was identifiably not true. When, you know, clubs have cameras everywhere. So when they looked at the club's cameras, they could see that he wasn't there when the murder occurred.
0: Okay. And B,
1: because it meant that he knew when the murder occurred. Oh. You know, how could you be sure that you're not there unless you know when it happened? Oh, shit. So his lawyer seemed to realize this and did something I think is incredibly stupid in his closing statement. He suddenly switched gears. And instead of saying that he was innocent and didn't know anything, he admitted that Aaron had been present when Lloyd was killed but oh. hadn't actually committed the murder. So what he's intimating is that those other two men, uh, Carlos Ortiz and Ernest Wallace, one of them had committed the crime. Yeah. So that, I that mean, wasn't, I can,
0: I can kind of see why he would do that. Cause he's like, shit, you know, yeah, well, we, this is, we've got some cards stacked against us, let, but the problem is he should have started with that. He should
1: have, if they were going to go that way, they should have started with that. And if yeah. it were me, and I thought that like him saying to Robert Kraft, oh, you know, he's going to show that I wasn't there when it happened. And you're really like, you're committed to that. Then I would have been like, well, he just assumed that he was at the club when it happened because he didn't know when it happened. Right. The fact right, that it right, doesn't right. show that he was there actually shows that he's innocent because he would like, he just didn't know. He assumed that it happened when he was at the club because he was at the club that night. That's what I would have done as an attorney, right. but totally. I'm a sneaky link. So um, anyway, <laughs> You're a what? I'm a sneaky link. <laughs> is that like, you, Is that like a, a term you use with your kids? No, but maybe it will be <laughs> <laughs> sneaky link. Uh, yeah. I'm well. I'm a sneaky motherfucker. But like I there imagine that they kind of thought that he was probably guilty. I'm sure his lawyers were like, Oh, there's a lot of, a lot of circumstantial evidence. There's some DNA rolling around in there. Like, right. you know, I would have, I would have my, my little wheels, my little rat in this, in this noggin up here would have been running on that wheel to come up with a reason why that, I mean, that's the first thing I thought when they were like in the documentary, when they talked about how, like, you know, Oh, how would he know? I'm like, well, he didn't know. He didn't know clearly because he thought he'd be on the camera when it happened and he wasn't that's proof. Mm, Watch my song mm. and dance. You know, I mean, I would have come <laughs> up with, I would have come up with something different than like, Hey, remember that thing I've been telling you this entire trial? Psych. Like <laughs> done that. Knew it that yeah. Way. Okay. Totally. Yes. Yeah. Got um, it. Okay. So that was a little too much disbelief than the jury was willing to suspend. And he was convicted of first degree murder on April 15th, 2015. So of course it goes without saying, Aaron had already lost his position with the Patriots and the money that came with that when he was arrested, but this was the least of his worries because following his conviction he'd been indicted for the boston murders in 2014 actually i don't i think that that happened after he was arrested before he was convicted i'm pretty sure they i'm pretty sure they were like oh you're arresting him for that murder we're gonna arrest him for this murder too so that trial got started in 2017 and this time hernandez hired jose Baez. and if that name sounds familiar that's because it should he represented casey anthony do you remember casey anthony no who's that hmm, casey anthony this is why you are an astrologer and i'm a murderino casey anthony is the woman who uh let's i mean allegedly uh killed her three-year-old daughter kaylee you don't remember this? This happened she this was like 15 years ago. Um, Jose Baez got her off for it though. They found her not guilty in Florida, of course. This you don't remember this case? This no woman, offense to any Floridians who love their state. Dude, I I mean, I've never been. I've heard great things, but y'all have to I mean, I've never met anyone from Florida that wasn't like, yeah, we know. <laughs> Like, there's some crazy shit going there's on. There's some crazy there. shit. There's a whole TikTok account. That's like only in Florida. And the guy's videotaping crazy shit that happens like a fucking, <laughs> like, there's like a chicken riding on an alligator who's like chasing <laughs> a hippopotamus. And he's like, yep, it's just a Tuesday in Florida. You know, I mean, like it, we all know it's like when the crazy shit goes down, it goes down it in go, Florida. It goes down in Florida. Frankly, if I lived in Florida, I'd be proud of it. Maybe not Casey Anthony. I would not be proud of Casey Anthony, but um, yeah, Casey Anthony. I don't, I can't believe we have to add this case to the roster. Uh, she, uh, said that she left her daughter with a babysitter, but, and then turns out the babysitter didn't exist. And her (gasps) mother was the one who was like, we can't find our granddaughter and our daughter. Like we haven't talked to her in months and we don't, our daughter is like out partying and we don't what the fuck's going on. And the cops were like, just take us to where this babysitter is. And she's, and finally she's like, I don't know. And they're like, take us to your job. And she shows up at a job that she'd been fired from three months before. I mean, this woman was a walking train wreck.
0: Oh my God. How did she get off?
1: Jose Baez is how she got off. And that and it worked out for Aaron Hernandez, too. That was a smart choice, because despite having been convicted of uh, convicted of first degree murder in the Odin Lloyd case, and despite having former friend Alexander Bradley testify against Aaron in the trial and claim that the NFL star was the one who had shot him in the face in 2013, Hernandez was found not guilty in April of 2017. Mm -hmm. So that was a crucial win because Hernandez was very focused on his appeal in the Oden Lloyd case. But Baez was very clear with him that if he lost this Boston case, the appeal did not matter. (laughs) It's like if you are found guilty of two murder cases, it it just doesn't matter anymore. So he was in good spirits following this acquittal. And Baez was preparing to get his appeal in the Oden Lloyd case in gear when journalist Michelle McPhee went on a radio show and very crudely intimated that Aaron Hernandez was gay and that Odin Lloyd may have discovered that. And that may have been the motive for his murder. And when I say crude, I mean, crude, I mean, she was like, Aaron, wasn't just a tight end in football. He'd been a tight end and receiving for years. If you know what I mean? I mean that kind of shit. Yeah, it was it was bad. Um, wow. What a bitch. As we've been over, no matter who you are, what your circumstances are, no one should have their sexuality outed in a public forum without their permission. Yeah, what and the fuck? Yeah, it, that interview happened on April 17th, 2017. And two days later, on April 19th, correction officers found Aaron hanging from the window in his cell. He'd used his bedsheets to hang himself, and he was pronounced dead at 4.07 a.m. In the days before his death, he'd been smoking k 2 uh, it was a kind of a kind of marijuana, but like a synthetic kind uh, it 's a drug associated with psychosis, which may have played a role in his suicide. No note was found in the initial search of the two person cell, but on April 20th investigators reported that three handwritten notes were next to a Bible open to john three sixteen and that John 3.16 was written in his forehead in red ink. This is a really popular Bible verse, and it reads, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So Mm -hmm. shampoo was found covering the floor. Uh, Cardboard was wedged under the cell to make it difficult for someone to enter, and there were drawings and blood on the walls showing an unfinished pyramid and the all-seeing eye of God with the word Illuminati written in capital letters underneath. What the fuck? I'm going to say the K2 had something to do with those drawings. Um, Apparently the drawings were references to nations of God and earth, which is a black supremacist movement. Hernandez had learned about while in prison. He also had expressed an interest in Christianity, telling fellow prisoners that we all have Jesus inside of us, to which I say hard pass. Um, Prison official. (laughs) Yeah. Going to be a no for me. Prison officials had not observed any signs that Hernandez was at risk for suicide. Okay, um, so he had not been put, in, uh, put on around-the-clock suicide watch. Upon completion of the autopsy by the medical examiner, the death was officially ruled a suicide by hanging. At the request of his family, Hernandez's brain was released to Boston University to be studied for signs of chronic traumatic encephalopathy. Enceph- encephalopathy. encephalopathy, it's a mouthful, wow. otherwise known as CTE, a progressive degenerative disease found in people who have had a severe blow or repeated blows to the head including football players who often suffer multiple concussions. These researchers concluded that Hernandez's brain showed evidence of chronic traumatic CTE stage three of four and described his brain as a classic case of the pathology. Remember he died at 27, like wow. not, not old. CTE. Well, also Saturn return. That's the classic yeah, Saturn return suicide. Sure is. Yeah. yeah. CTE is generally caused by repeated head trauma and Hernandez had two confirmed concussions since he began playing football at eight years old, but the Boston globe believed quote, he undoubtedly took other punishing hits to the head that were never recorded unquote. We have to remember, he was also raised by an abusive father and that, um, not every, not in fact, I would say that most head trauma is not reported. Maybe it's better now, but, uh, I don't think it's controversial to say that most sports associations once you get into high school college and beyond they have a vested interest in not reporting, reporting. those. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So allegedly. So CTE is associated with cumulative injuries. In a phone conversation recorded in prison, Hernandez once said, I'm like a grandpa, all my bones are so sore. The researchers suggested that the CTE, which results in poor judgment, lack of impulse control, or aggression, anger, paranoia, emotional volatility, and rage behaviors may have explained some of Hernandez's criminal acts and other behavior. Side note, based on that list, wondering if I have CTE. But as it were... (laughs) Sam Gandy, professor of Alzheimer's disease research and professor of neurology and psyche, psyche, psychiatry, why can't I say words today? And psychiatry of Mount Sinai Hospital in New York said, it's impossible for me to look at the severity of CTE of Mr. Hernandez's brain and not think that that had a profound effect on his behavior. Hernandez experienced migraines in prison and had trouble with memory. Jose Baez wrote that he saw symptoms consistent with CTE from his earliest meetings with Hernandez, including gaps in memory that were highly unusual for a young person. After release of the Boston University statement, Hernandez's fiance fiance and daughter sued the Patriots and the NFL for causing Hernandez's death and depriving his daughter of her father's companionship, arguing that Hernandez's NFL career had caused what researchers described as the most severe case of CTE that has been medically seen in a person at his age.
0: Oh, shit. Wow.
1: Yeah. The suit was dismissed in February of 2019 because the deadline to opt out of a class action suit against the league had been missed and that is the tragic case of Aaron Hernandez. Oh my god. And I highly I mean there are plenty of articles about it because this is fairly recent. I I highly recommend if you're interested the um the Netflix documentary. Uh it it has it's pretty uh comprehensive. It doesn't touch on just the football stuff, but it looks at his life. It has interviews with um another other professional NFL gay NFL players um, it has interviews with family members, with Cheyenne Jenkins. Um, uh, you and it shows you a lot of Aaron Hernandez himself, including like you can see the behaviors of him, like when he's at the club the nights that the shooting happened, and you they actually show um, him dancing with this woman. They seem they were there were I don't know if this is if. Uh, What they were trying to make of it was that, like, he saw Odin Lloyd talking to two people, and then all of a sudden he seemed to get upset and walk away. And what they were trying, I think, to intimate is that because he was so paranoid at that time, and he was constantly thinking that people were out to get him, that he thought maybe Odin Lloyd was talking about the Boston case. He thought everyone was a plainclothes policeman at this point, something like that. Um, And then, of course, there's the theory propagated by journalist michelle mcphee that uh he you thought, just did quotation fingers. yeah because i just like because i i mean that i you know her she wrote a whole i guess she got a lot of blowback about that she was Love like oh, people are sending me threats she was like and her response was so incredible she was like convicted murderer and um you know like uh, he was, he's done all these terrible things. I don't have to respect, you know. Basically, was what she was. She was like, and I've discussed it with him, and he was clearly a gay man. He was in a lot of pain about it. And I'm like, and you chose to go on a radio show and fuck yeah. that, like, a man who was already clearly. Tra- I'm not saying I don't. I don't know if he killed Odin Lloyd or not. Evidence seems pretty strong that. I mean, he even he is admitting that he was at least there. There. Um, I don't know if he did it or not, but I do know is that. We don't live in a society where you walk around mocking someone's sexuality. Period. No. Full stop. Yeah. So, um, anyway, okay. Yeah, tell me, tell me what the stars say, baby. Okay, girl. Let's
0: get into it. So, let me just start by saying that there is no mystery here. Looking at his chart, like there's no nuance or subtlety. This is just straight up a very difficult chart. And I super wish we had a birth time because almost all of his planets are in just three houses in his chart. So like knowing what those houses are, are, well, we'll get there. No, like if we knew what those houses were, it would be really helpful, but alas, we don't. Okay.
1: So let's start. Everyone, please put your birth time online. I'm just yeah, Could you, could you do that? Yeah, And also if someone could just, um, get really nosy and start looking up, uh, I, I don't, I going don't know through the you, records going through the birth, I don't know, someone, someone who is nosy and a hacker, please start going through all major crimes and find the birth certificates for people yeah. who've committed crimes and, um, their birth times and then send it to us. And then that'd be helpful. Si- sign of the crime, uh, sign, of the crime.
0: Uh, <laughs> sign of the crime podcast. At gmail yeah. W- <laughs> I, yeah.
1: I'm very open to that.
0: Uh, yeah, actually same. if you do that
1: and then you friend request me on Facebook and you tell me you've done it, I will accept you. Yeah, and that is- And Kintana only has 130 friends on Facebook. Something like that. I'm very choosy. <laughs> so I'm just saying, we'd yeah. be cool if you did that.
0: Okay, so let's start with Capricorn. Aaron's got four planets here. Venus at one degree, Uranus at two degrees, Saturn at nine degrees and Neptune at 10 degrees. So- what? Yes. So that's only 9 degrees from Venus to Neptune meaning that basically all four of these planets are conjunct even though it's a wide conjunction between you know Venus and Neptune but definitely all four of these planets are talking to each other.
1: And they're Having- all Capricorn?
0: Yes. Okay, so that's what I'm about to get into. That's why he's Having- a hard worker. E- okay, well let's talk about that. Having a stellium like that in Capricorn tells me this is someone who really wanted to achieve, was pedal to the metal when it came to ambition. So for reasons that I'll talk more about in a second, it's a a person who felt a strong need to succeed. But like we've talked about in the past, Capricorn energy, which is Saturn energy, is I work hard to succeed because I don't feel good enough. I discipline and punish myself by withholding because I'm inherently unworthy. (laughs) That's the dichotomous nature of Capricorn. It's a deep desire to win that is overcompensating for the feeling of not mattering, right? But of course, just because a person is a Capricorn or has Cap in their chart, that doesn't mean that that's their sole focus or that's even like the dominating force in, in their emotional DNA, right? But if you see a chart with four major planets in Capricorn, for sure, that's part of their emotional no, DNA. No- <laughs> like, <laughs> no question. That's not subtle. That's not no. subtle. No. As we know, Cap is also ruled by Saturn, which rules things like systems, the government, corporations, the police, the patriarchy. And Aaron also has Saturn and Capricorn. So we have extra Saturn energy in this house. Obviously, the NFL is a massive system. That's very much an extension of the patriarchy. So it's no surprise to me that he channeled all of that desire to succeed into this massive, you know, patriarchal system. But I will also say, side note, I actually really like football as a
1: feminist. I have always found that so strange about you, but yes, Remy and the Cowboys. It's
0: because I learned the rules early on
1: and actually like it's
0: an interesting game, but um, yeah, there's a lot of bullshit, so associated. is
1: capitalism <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm into it. actually, I love capitalism.
0: I was like, what <laughs> um. No, but, but, I, but it's fun. Like it's fun. If you take out all of the bullshit from football, it's actually a really fun, interesting game. But can you take all
1: of the bullshit? Out but that's of football? The, right. That's the question. Like, it's also incredibly, that's problem. how I feel about capitalism. Like this is really fun. If you can take all the bullshit out, which of course you cannot. So well,
0: I think they're different. I'm going to go ahead and say that. <laughs> I don't think that the game of football is exactly like capitalism. Okay.
1: Okay. okay. Uh, challenge taken bet. And I'm going to come up with reasons why they're the same next time. Okay, we talk. great. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Yes. Yeah.
0: I'm into that. Okay. So let's talk about is Venus. Venus rules relationships, personal values, money, beauty, creativity, feminine energy. So that means like,
1: women, oh, and it's in Capricorn.
0: Yeah. Rough. <laughs> when, yeah. Women, fem folks, and femininity as an abstract energy all sort of fall into that category. Venus and Capricorn tells me this is someone whose personal standards, because that's what a lot of times people are like, oh, it's a romance. Venus is romance. Yes, it totally is and can be, but it's a lot of things. So a, a lot of times I think people look to Venus for romance when they really should be looking at someone's personal standards. And when you have Venus and Capricorn, this tells me that this person's standards are very strict, right? This is someone who really values discipline and boundaries and rules as a way of life. And also as a way of understanding interpersonal relationships. Like this is not a warm and fuzzy vibe. This is someone who gets into relationships, which is any kind of relationship, not just romance, but like friendships, you know, any, anything where you have, um, any level of intimacy with a person, right? Like your familial relationships, for example, Mm -hmm. Uh, they get into those relationships being like, there's a right way to be and a wrong way to be. And we keep those things separate. It sort of reminds me of Walter in the big Lebowski when he pulls mm. the gun out on Smokey on, on the mm-hmm. on the bowling lanes. And he, like, that's the vibe. Like your toe was over the line, period. Like
1: that's not how we do things around here.
0: Right. And, and if you, there's, okay, well, okay, I'll get into it. But like, there's probably not a lot of compassion or wiggle room. It's like boundary city up in there. Right. Interesting. But right next to Venus, we have Uranus, right? So if you were like, well, shooting someone is not really playing by the rules. That's true. But Uranus is a planet of shocks of unpredictable behavior, coloring outside the lines. It's erratic. So wait, Uranus is
1: in Capricorn.
0: Yes. Uranus and it's, it's separate from Venus by one degree. It's right next to Venus. So you could even, it's kind of hard to say because both Uranus and Capricorn, sorry, both. Okay.
1: You can do it. (laughs) i believe in you i
0: was telling someone the other day i was like when i'm talking i'm seeing pictures in my head and then i i have to translate them into words (laughs) and it's like sometimes it's just not a thing for me it's just not happening okay anyway uranus and saturn are very very different even though they're actually both the planetary rulers of aquarius they actually couldn't be more different right saturn wants to lock things in. It wants tradition. It wants what always has been Uranus wants the exact opposite of that. It wants freedom. It wants to break free of tradition. It's progressive. So they're, so they're actually sort of at odds with each other. So it's a very odd thing to have Uranus and Capricorn, right? It's just like, it's bizarre, but also Uranus stays in every uh, sign for like, maybe I think seven years or something. So it's like, um, you know, a lot of people are going to have Uranus yeah. and Capricorn. They're born around the same time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's odd to have Uranus and Capricorn. I also think that that, that like that dichotomy is
0: the, the odder thing is having it right next to Venus, like yeah. that, both of them in Capricorn. That's, that's pretty rare. Okay. So let me find out where I was in my thing because I went way off. Or your okay. brain exploded. Right. So what I see with this combo is someone who was so rigid with their idea of how relationships are supposed to look and what people are supposed to value that he had this wild, erratic response. Basically, exactly like Walter pulling a gun out on someone who's went over the line while he's bowling. Like when Walter goes, doesn't anybody give a fuck about the rules, right? And he's like waving the too yeah, no. or whatever. I know I actually- you
1: love a big Lebowski reference.
0: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just like your opinion, your opinion man. man. <laughs> Um, But anyway, that's Venus in cap conjunct Uranus. Okay. Now let's get to this part. He's got Saturn conjunct Neptune also in cap. This is such a weird combo too, Saturn and Neptune because they're so different. Saturn is all about creating boundaries and rules. And Neptune is all about dissolving boundaries and rules. Mm. Saturn is about discipline and responsibility. Neptune is about escapism. So when they get together, it's not good news. For one thing, it leads to a feeling of insecurity because Capricorn is the security. Neptune is the dissolving of the security, right? So it's Great. a deep, Great. inherent lack of confidence. And if you're going to overcome this lack of confidence, you're going to have to really work hard because you don't, for every building block that Saturn gives you Neptune melts it away. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Because this combo also points to negative thinking, loss, disappointment, rigid victim mentality, it's basically amplifying the worst aspects of Saturn. So you're also more susceptible to abuse especially from the father because Saturn often represents the father and Neptune kind of represents this trauma, right? Because Neptune rules the 12th house. This is the house of trauma on that note. Keep put a pin in that let's skip across the chart over to cancer. So cancer is directly across from Capricorn in the Zodiac. And Aaron has two placements here, Chiron and Jupiter. And they're six degrees. I mean, it's kind of a wide conjunction, but it's six degrees. So, like, it's totally legit. So, this is fucked. Chiron is the planet that oversees our deepest wounds and our healing journeys. Chiron in Cancer represents a wound of family. Jupiter, the cosmic megaphone that's just out there making everything bigger. Conjunct Chiron means that this wound of family is going to be super big. Oh, so no. it should come as no surprise that Aaron has Chiron, conjunct Jupiter, opposite that Saturn-Neptune conjunction. So what oh. I'm seeing here here is we have a massive wound around the family. that's Chiron, conjunct Jupiter and cancer. And that wound is because of how abusive his father was, how badly his father affected his confidence and how his father instilled a sense of discipline in him to the point of serious abuse. That's the Saturn conjunct Neptune in Capricorn
1: opposite Chiron. Well, his mom didn't seem to be an actual peach either. I mean, there's the, there was the affair that was not great, but also this is like, when you watch the documentary, there's a recording where she's like crying and she's like, this just never should have happened. And, she basically says, she doesn't basically, she says, you know, she was like, when you got that $40 million, like if you'd just given me a million dollars, I would have just been set. And he was like, the oh. fuck are you talking about? I mean, he, he's like, first of all, that's not how it works. They don't hand me $40 million, you know, when he's right, it's, you know, it's pieced out over years. And that that's just logistically speaking, she's incorrect, but also like, you know, he, he's in a, he's in a cell right now people are dead. Like they're just, there's, there's other things. Wow. So
0: it, wow. That feels very
1: narcissistic. I'm going to say, uh, that, that, that there were elements of that you could see see elements of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. And also like her sort of erratic behavior that also to me, because Venus is associated with the feminine, having it so close to Uranus. I'm not shocked that she had erratic behavior, but also remember, so her, that Venus conjunct Uranus, conjun- that conjunction, that little duo
1: mm-hmm.
0: is essentially also falling into this Chiron opposition because it's close enough to Saturn-Neptune, right? So this wound of family includes her behavior is essentially what I'm saying. Mm. I'm focusing on the dad because we're in Capricorn and we know that he was like worked to the fucking bone. And the messaging was, you're not good enough. You have to work harder, right? Like that's so Saturnian, that's so Capricorn. And that's the wound that we're looking at because we're in Capricorn and because Capricorn is opposite Chiron. Does that make sense? It's such
1: a weird thing too, because he died. And then instead of like, okay, now you're free of that. It had been so deeply ingrained into him that then at that point, like I mean, his dad was problematic, as we discussed, but also a person that he looked up to and revered and who he felt cared for him. So when that disappeared, all he had left was the scars from the abuse. Right. Right. Because he didn't have anyone to
0: prove himself to anymore. Right. Yeah, like, but he still he, had the deeply inherent feeling that he wasn't worth anything. Right. Cause the, the, his dad gave him two things. the sense that he was worthless and that if he could do X jump through X, Y, Z insane hoops, then he would be worthy of his father's love. And, and he, you know, as we all do, he fell into that trap, right? Like when, when we're children and our parents tell us things like that, we don't have the capacity to be like, that's not true. Yeah, no, <laughs> We not. are children and we, and we completely sign up for whatever bullshit abusive parents hand to us. So unfortunately there was no one there to help him create a sense of uh, a core strength within himself where he could feel like I'm the one who's um, who gets to decide whether or not I'm worthy. No, no outside force determines that for me anymore. So now he's left with all the scars, exactly like you said, but he doesn't have anyone to go, okay, now you did a good job. So he just feels worthless completely yeah. in every single way. Just hollow. Yeah. Okay. Of course, you know that Pluto had to have a word here. So always
1: does oh, a little Pluto.
0: Aaron has Pluto in Scorpio, which as terrifying as that sounds. <sighs> a whole generation of people have that people born in the eighties and nineties. So that in itself is not super telling, although it is like very intense, but what is super telling is that he has Pluto conjunct his son. And he's also in Scorpio. Yeah. Right. We're all, we're in Scorpio now Whew. and they're separated by one degree and three degrees from the sun. Aaron has mercury So we have this Pluto-Sun-Mercury conjunction in Scorpio. And then- Mercury's communication, right? Mercury is communication and your mind. So yeah. And then Mars is also in this house, but all the way over at one degree. So it's not part of this conjunction. Okay, let's look at this conjunction. Pluto is the godfather of the cosmos. As I've said before, he's like, I will make you rich and famous or I will chop off your hands and feed them to you in your sleep. Although you won't be asleep because I just chopped off your hands. (laughs) (laughs) But you never know with the fucking godfather, he just makes crazy ass shit happen, right? Pluto's not subtle or gentle. One thing you see a lot with people who have Pluto in in relationship to the sun is that they're famous because the sun rules the spotlight and your public image. So you'll probably have a lot of power in your public image, right? That's Pluto is very powerful. But the other thing that can happen with Pluto in Scorpio conjunct the sun, as we know, Pluto and Scorpio oversee things like death, addiction, compulsion, paranoia, violence, vengeance, rage, rape, all these dark ass things, right? And those things can also become part of a person's public image with this conjunction. So in other words, yeah, you're famous but you might just get famous for being a murderer right although he was all, he was both right he was already famous well he it. was
1: famous and then he became infamous
0: right exactly and mercury is part of this energy too mercury rules how we think and how we communicate so this lends itself to someone whose thoughts can get really dark when you have mercury and pluto that close together and you know this stuff about him being ultra paranoid Yeah, Pluto conjunct Mercury 100%. And I can't help but think that this Pluto Mercury conjunction is also part of Aaron having CTE because Mm. his mind, his brain was being so heavily influenced by Pluto. And Pluto is this dark, powerful, all consuming energy. And then, like, when you look at the brain scan of someone with CTE, it literally looks like some energy came and ate away at their brain, which to me, you know a, you can look there actually and i don't know if you even knew this there actually is a whole section of astrology that's dedicated to physical aspects and actually i know in fact someone who is an herbalist who does astrological herbalism where they look at your chart to, to determine like what your physical ailments are and what herbs would be best for you so you can you can look at a chart to see about physical issues that a person is going to have. So, you know, Pluto conjunct Mercury, I, I, I think in my astrological opinion, absolutely could lend itself to CTE.
1: Interesting.
0: And that is also very much a part of his public image, which is the sun, which is also part of this conjunction. Now, what's interesting is that we have a little triangle going on. So we have Saturn and Neptune and Capricorn, and they're being opposed by Chiron and Jupiter and Cancer. We talked about that already. And then that Chiron-Jupiter conjunction is trine to this Pluto-Sun-Mercury conjunction in Scorpio. And then that conjunction in Scorpio is sextile to the Neptune-Saturn conjunction in Capricorn. So they're all in conversation and they're all feeding each other. In terms of how this triangle is playing out, here's what it looks like. We've got abuse from the father. It's super big. It chipped away at his self-esteem by making him feel like he wasn't good enough. And he always had to work harder. That's why he got famous because of that strict disciplined and also abusive energy that he was raised with. He was like, my dad says I suck. So I suck and I have to get better. I'm worthless. So I have to prove my worth. And then voila, he works so hard. He gets into the NFL, but That same abuse is also the reason he has these dark thoughts about death and vengeance and paranoia and violence that lead him to murdering. And so that abuse is also what leads him to being known and becoming famous for being a murderer. So they're all interconnected. Now let's talk about Mars here. First of all, people with Mars and Scorpio are generally just really good and bad. Okay, so just a fucking heads up, side note, sidebar, if you see that in a chart, you might just want to hit that green flag. Yeah. Just your girl over here, giving you the hard facts. No pun intended.
1: Unless, uh, <laughs> unless you see like some of the other shit we've been talking about in this well, chart, like if you've got like a Venus and Capricorn with a Uranus Capricorn right next to it, maybe not, uh, maybe don't hit yeah, that. So
0: that, that parts, that's not, we that's don't, not great. it's not the best, especially yeah. With all the other shit involved, but here's the downside to Mars and Scorpio. It has big obsession energy. And I actually, Oh, and I was going to say, it doesn't surprise me with Mars and Scorpio because Mars rules lust and Scorpio rules the genitals. So it doesn't surprise me that he um, had a lot of sexual partners, right? Like that, that makes sense to me. Um, But, but here's the downside. There's a lot of obsessive energy, right? And I actually dated a guy once who had Mars and Scorpio and he was great in bed, but when I ended it, he would not take no for an answer for years. So that Scorpio energy can get addicted and it becomes obsessive. And because we're dealing with Mars energy on top of it, which is Aries energy, because Aries is a planetary ruler of Mars mm. and Aries is the God of war. So when you combine Scorpio and Aries energy, what you can get is obsession that results in violence or this like, um, paranoia. That's another part of it can be a part of the shadow energy of Scorpio, M-hmm. Paranoia and violence, right? That's Scorpio plus Aries. Not always for sure. And I want to be clear about that. Like this guy who I dated who was like not taking no for an answer. He was not violent at all. So, you know, I want to be clear. But but when you look at this chart, that Mars and Scorpio is sextile to that Venus Uranus conjunction in Capricorn. Who is this? I will tell you later. Okay. Uh, we're not gonna say his name on this. (laughs) Venus and Uranus, if you recall, are at one and two degrees respectively of Capricorn and Mars is at one degree of Scorpio. So this is a tight as fuck section. Damn, he's just yeah. like,
1: I mean, there's like no wiggle room, like breathing room
0: only. Right, it's so intense. So now that means that when Aaron was thinking about how his interpersonal relationships should work and he was feeling very rigid and strict and disciplined about how how they should work, And then, uh, you know, maybe they weren't working that way or there was a slight, a little slip up and and Uranus is right there being like, do something crazy, you know, like because Uranus does that. That's what Uranus does, yeah. And then we have Mars and Scorpio in on it too. Mars and Scorpio is like, I cannot stop thinking about this. I'm obsessed, I'm addicted, I'm mad as hell. And there's only one way to settle this score and it's through war, it's through violence. In other words- It's through murder. Mm. And that is the astrology of Aaron Hernandez.
1: I mean, I guess in this case, you could see it coming, which doesn't make it any less heartbreaking. It's yeah. And I am so, so curious
0: what these houses are. Like, are we in the 12th house? Like what? I'm
1: so curious if Capricorn was in the 12th house. Hey, uh, anyone, does anyone know Aaron Hernandez's family? Please find out his birth time for me. I would love to know honestly, please make all of this public information. I just want everybody's birth time. I actually feel like from now on, um, if I'm going to make you my Facebook friend, you're going to have to send me your birth time first. Yeah. I want birth time and place and birthday. And then I'll let you know whether or not I'm going to take you on as a Facebook friend. That's my new criteria. Yeah. hundred percent. Don't bother with us. If you don't know your birth time, if you don't know your birth time, please come on.
0: (laughs) Also, I'm going to say this because every week I'm like, fuck, I forget to say this, but um, rate, review, subscribe.
1: You don't forget to say that every week. I feel like I you do, do every week.
0: No, I never remember. Sometimes I remember to tell people to email us sign oh. the crime podcast at gmail.com, but I never remember to say rate, review, subscribe. So, oh, okay. Well, you yeah. said, do you feel better? I do. Thank you. Okay. Yeah.
1: So glad to hear it.
0: Yeah. Do we know who were, um,
1: I didn't who were check. covering. I didn't check.
0: Okay. Well,
1: you want to check, right uh, now? you got your calendar <laughs> up
0: give me one second oh my god oh no oh, no we're Who doing is it? it we're doing manson oh we're doing manson
1: yeah fuck dude yeah that's right. a big
0: one i hope you're ready hope you're ready baby <sighs> did <sighs> but the crazy thing about manson we just did is... Dahmer last time really? i know we're on a roll uh, the crazy thing is that
1: did manson actually kill anyone himself? no manson never killed anyone right no manson never killed anyone
0: that's why it's such a bizarre, I'm so curious. And I bet there's a birth time. I'll bet you anything
1: there's a birth time. You think so? Actually, we I can think Google so. that one right now.
0: With these like big, you know, headline he's an iconic. Uh, he's villain. an icon. He's an iconic <laughs> villain. No, he really is.
1: No, know? I mean, I get what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, a lot of them, like, you know, Dahmer, Bundy, all, you know, all these big ones. We didn't ones. have
1: a birth time for Dahmer. We have a birth time. Yes, we did have a birth time for Dahmer. We did?
0: Yeah. I knew those houses, girl.
1: Mm Oh, uh, we have a birth time for Manson. I knew it. I told you. Yeah. hundred
0: percent. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he wasn't, I always think of like, I don't know why I think of, I forget that there are people older than boomers. I think because just boomers have, they have this all encompassing presence, but he was born in 34. So he would have been what the greatest generation. Whoa. Wait, is he still alive? He is. No, he died. No, he died a couple of years ago. I want to say. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, but, ben. um, yeah, let me see. Do do boop, 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 Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe
0: I don't, sure. I don't have a memory of Manson dying. I think this is so annoying. Sorry, you guys, we don't know. We
1: don't know if Manson is no, dead. He, no, he did die. Oh, he, he did. died. Okay. Yeah. In 2017, oh. November 19th, 2017. Ooh, he, he died in Scorpio season. Yep. Uh, he had colon cancer but I mean, he wasn't young Wow. So and, and a lot of that in prison. So All, most of it in prison, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, yeah, I, I mean, I know, I know about everyone knows about Manson and, uh, we grew up in California. So like, there's lots of there's lots of people there who tell stories about Charles Manson. If you work in the industry, which I did a little, not, I don't really qualify, but I know lots of people who have, and some of the older ones will have stories about like brushing up against him and they're weird stories. Oh yeah. He was weird as a $3. Yeah, He's fucking weird. Like weird enough to the point that I'm like, no one, no one was like, we need to drop a dime on this guy. Like, like, well, no one, it was, but I guess it was, you know, it was a six. It was a different time. It was a different time. Everybody was weird,
0: but okay. Well that's all right well we'll get into it next time we will
1: i will yeah i will (laughs) i'm going to tell you all the gruesome details and remy's going to explain to you why it was probably in the stars yeah that's what we do that's what we do around here all right i love you i love you too bye